What's up, everybody? Uh, let's see, I woke up this morning, uh, had my cup of coffee about 5 a.m., and I was thinking, you know, today's going to be a very slow day. I'm just going to talk about Sunday's game, and we're just going to be uh, done with it. That didn't happen. Uh, the Golden Knights decided at the last minute to get into the trade bonanza, and they didn't trade for a defenseman like we all thought they were going to. No, they got another kind of defenseman. They got a goalie. They got Robin Leonard. Which I I don't understand, and I and it's been five hours and seventeen minutes since the deadline, and I still have no idea what to process of all this. But I do have someone who will help me process this as best I can. Uh, back for his second time on the podcast. Yep, returning champion. Returning champion, the only repeat guest we've ever had on this Aww, podcast. I'm honored. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was like. We've done 95 episodes, and I'm not good at getting guests, and we were sitting next to each other at McKenzie River Pizza, and we're like, hey, you want to get on the podcast? Sure, we got nothing to talk about. We can we can kill time for 15, 20 minutes, but Justin Emerson of the Las Vegas Sun is back again to discuss whatever the hell just happened today. How are you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good. I mean, you say that you didn't think anything was going to happen. I know I, you've been out of town the last two trade deadlines, but uh, this team likes to make I'm big deals. Well, it's not even just that. It's literally... Every time I've gone on vacation, it has been year one. I was literally driving to California. They traded for Tatar at the last minute. That was your fault. You were at the deadline. That was my fault, yes. The second time, I was already in California. Actually, on this day last year, it was my first day in California. And then the next day, I get the text coming out of Indiana Jones that Mark Stone is now a Vegas Golden Knight. The Golden Knight. Stop going on vacation. I know. The that, trade I'm, a, I'm, tr- I'm trying to tell my family, trying to tell my wife, no more vacations except for the bye week because I can't even. Uh, yeah, I can count Gallant being fired. I was in California the last. You day. know, you were so, the, on the week before the bye week. If you would have waited like three days, you would have. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, it's a whole bunch of mess. But uh, yeah, Vegas went up until the buzzer. And decided that they needed to address their goaltending situation, which going into Monday, I did not think under any circumstance that they would address the goaltending situation. Not only did I think that they were going to address the goaltending situation, I did not hear Robin Leonard's name in any trade rumors leading up to Monday at noon. You know when the tweet like comes across and you see it and you process it and it doesn't really make sense and you have to click on it to make sure that there's it's actually Elliot Friedman (laughs) tweeting it out. Oh my god! I got the first one I got was Dreger and he says Leonard to Vegas and and I was like. Yeah, what, it was, what is it was, going on? It was on? stunning. Like it, it makes sense to me that they wanted to improve their backup goaltending, right? Like mm-hmm. Malcolm Subban has given up five goals in three of his last four starts. Yep, he's got an eight ninety save percentage for the season. Them wanting to improve their backup goaltending is not, and maybe a little bit of a surprise, but not stunning, right? right. That's fair. Getting Robin Leonard was <laughs> because did. they got a guy who's a, who's an improvement over Malcolm Subban. That's there's no question there. But he might be an improvement over Marc-Andre Fleury. Yes. I, two years. For the last two seasons, Robin Leonard statistically has been a better goalie than Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, I mean, obviously, Fleury's had the better career. Fleury's going to the Hall of Fame. Leonard, probably not going to the Hall of Fame. No, he might. He might. Um, but Leonard has been – he was a Vesna finalist last year. He won the Jennings with Thomas Grice in in New York. He's been another in another goalie tandem with uh, Corey Crawford in Chicago. He's been so good the last two years, and yeah. now he joins Flurry in what is arguably the best goalie tandem in the league. If yeah. not, you know, they're top five, top three, whatever you want to call it. But 
Wow. Yeah, I mean the three the three point one GAA that he has is definitely not an indictment on. Uh, it's with on the because it's, it's with a nine eighteen save percentage. Yes, it's so, with a nine eighteen save percentage, and it's uh, you're looking at the team that has no idea if they're in a rebuild or not, and I think they've established now by making this move that they are definitely in the rebuild and going forward with uh, tanking the rest of the season. But I mean, here we are five hours after this has gone down still really in shock that not only did the golden knights address their goaltending situation they got one of the more elite goaltenders on the market it mm-hmm. apparently was in the market uh, again Even in the league forget the in, market in the league, he was yeah. definitely the best goalie on the market he right. might be one of the better goalies in the league exactly one of the best so, goalies in the league i should say so now we get to the elephant in the room where he is on. He signed a one-year, five million dollar deal with Chicago on July one last year. After the Islanders decided not to re-sign him, mm-hmm. and now he comes in with a small cap hit. So Vegas was able to make it through cap gymnastics with Toronto. And yeah, Chicago. they laundered him through Toronto, Good. didn't they? Same yeah. way they did with Derek Broussard by, by, two years ago. By the way, Toronto, how do you feel about knowing you had Robin Leonard for about fifteen seconds and then deciding, or not deciding, but then end up realizing? Maybe we could have gotten Robin Leonard for a second. I, 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 can't, I cannot wait to see the tribute video oh in Toronto. My, oh, it's going to be fantastic. Scotia, Scotia Bank Center is going to be lit that day. But, I mean, the elephant in the room now is you have Leonard at 28, who's on an expiring, now essentially the backup to 35-year-old Marc-Andre Fleury, who has two years remaining on his deal at a cap of $7 million. You and I have been talking about this for the last hour or so. How in the world is Vegas going to make this work, one, by splitting up the starts between Flurry and Leonard, and two, how in the world are they going to address this in the offseason? Well, I think the first part—I think the first part's an easy one. I think as far as splitting up the starts, like we see Mark Andre Flurry take the lion's share of workload when it was him and Subban. I think it's going to be a lot more equitable with these two. Um, I think that it'll Leonard being able to start. I mean, there's 18 games left. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a nine-nine split, and then you let that'd be ideal. It, it would give Flurry right good rest going into the playoffs. Yes. The second question is a lot harder as to what do they do this offseason because it's almost Im- – I, I can't imagine them keeping both, right? Like right. no no team in the league allocates that much of its cap to its goaltending situation. There are other needs that Vegas needs to address. I, I don't think both of them are back. So if we're working off that assumption, you've got two choices. Either the most likely one, I would say, the easiest one, would be to let Robin Leonard walk. Mm-hmm. That you say thanks – you know, we got you. We're happy to have you. Maybe he fills in in a playoff game, whatever it is. Second one, though, you sign Robin Leonard to that contract that he wants, <laughs> that big money, long-term deal, and trade, trade Mark andre Fleury? I, is I, that something that could happen? I, I've got a the, column coming in LasVegasLand.com that addresses that very thing tomorrow. Right, right? And, and I mean, I kind of addressed it in my column that went up not too long ago about not even just the fact that you trade that the possibility of trading flurry, but th- there's the possibility that this could just turn into one giant mess based on the front office. Because if you let Leonard walk, and I mean, I mean, we kind of touched on it earlier, you can probably get a serviceable backup for flurry if Leonard does walk. The problem is, is that I just don't know how solid of a backup you can possibly in that kind of a market yeah and 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 then you're back in the same situation because you're probably getting a player around malcolm suban's caliber which is serviceable nhl backup right but you're also maybe letting a, a vesna finalist 
walk out the door? I mean, Leonard, the best hockey isn't behind Robin Leonard. He turns 29 this summer. Marc-Andre Fleury's going to turn 36 next year. I mean, just looking at I mean, if all things were equal and we're only looking just at on-ice performance, let's say you got to choose one or the other long-term or even for two years for Fleury's contract, I don't think there's much of a choice that you take Leonard, right? No, I absolutely I, agree because at least you know you have Now, that takes guy. all the emotion out of it and how much he's loved in the locker room. It's an easy decision, I yeah. think, but that complicates things. They love Fleury in there. Mm-hmm. The fans love Fleury. There's history here. There's He's the face of the Golden Knights, and can you let him – can you – like, we thought that there was a bit of a fan revolt that since died down when Gerard Gallant was fired and they brought in Pete DeBoer. Imagine what it's going to be like if they were to trade Flurry. I, I And then what if they have a Pittsburgh situation where they choose the younger goalie and they chose wrong? Like, Pittsburgh clearly oh, chose wrong. Man. That's easy to say with three years of hindsight. But Flurry's been way better than Matt Murray. What if the Golden Knights trade Flurry and he goes and wins the Stanley Cup with whoever and then Robin Leonard struggles? It'll be second guess. That's it's the kind. That's the kind of move that costs general managers jobs, right? Yeah. And but on the flip side, what if you just let Leonard walk out the door? Age continues to catch up to Flurry, and Leonard is an elite goalie for the next five six years on a different team. On a different team, and yeah. you could have had him. It's it's so tough, and there's not an easy answer. And I am fascinated to see how this turns out this summer. Yeah, and I mean, we kind of talked about it after McCrimmon's presser. Is that are we really going to say that the Golden Knights gave up a second-round pick, a prospect in Demon who, I mean... A decent enough prospect. De- decent not prospect, nothing, yeah. but doesn't, like, move the needle. But are we really saying they gave up a second-round pick, your backup goaltender, and, you know, essentially... You know, the, a decent prospect for for what? For nine game, for nine for, starts in the regular season? Nine regular season starts. And, and then, maybe a couple in the playoffs if, you know, shit hits the fan. Mm. Yeah. Are we allowed to curse on this podcast? I mean, I I can I've said it a couple times. Okay, <laughs> I think we're fine. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten in trouble yet by the okay. pe- by the people up top, but yeah, uh, no, but, but I mean, you're absolutely right. It's just it's so hard because I mean, what happens too? We we've never had a goalie controversy on this team, right? right. Mark Andre Fleury. Let's say that they didn't make this trade. Subban's the backup. Mark Andre Fleury could be bad for the rest of the season. Lose six nothing in game one of the playoffs. Lose five to one in game two there's not going to be a question as to who was starting Game 3, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what it would have taken for Subban to start a game over Flurry in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Now, though, if Flurry struggles in Game 1 and then he struggles in Game 2, what's what's the leash like on, on pulling him and bringing in Leonard? Because uh, Jesse Granger with The Athletic, we were just talking with him, and he's like, there's never been a leash on Flurry. Yeah. And now, and now there, there might be. Or there yeah. is. Yeah, and and here's the other thing. Is this, and I and Ed Graney from the Review Journal kind of posed this question to me too. I don't know if he asked you the same question. Is this more of their belief that Subban wasn't getting the job done, or is this more of a belief that Flurry needs some competition to kind of stay at the top of his game? Well, after hearing Kelly McCrimmon talk today, and we're about, what, two hours after his press conference? Yep. He, he kind of intimated that it was the former, that he that they didn't believe that should anything happen to Flurry, that Subban was capable enough to win them playoff games. And I, somebody had asked him kind of directly, do you feel like this needs to push, might have been Ed, uh, to push uh, <laughs> Flurry? And, I mean, he's a guy that, I mean, he's been in this league for a long time. I don't think he necessarily needs you know, a carrot or a stick to get him to play his best hockey. Right. And, you know, but he's he struggled this year. 906 yeah. save percentage, which would be his worst since the 09-10 season. 
And you're looking at a guy that, you know, he's 35. Like, the end is going to come for Marc-Andre Fleury eventually. It wasn't there two years ago, clearly. It wasn't there last year, clearly. But it happens. And, you know, regression isn't always linear. Sometimes you don't don't go from a 920 to a 915 to a 910 to a 905. I mean, some – and with goalies especially, sometimes you're great, and the next year you're just – you're just not, and Flurry hasn't been great this year, and I don't, I don't know if that comes back next season. Yeah, part of me still wants to believe that maybe that everything with, with what happened to his dad, I think, probably got to him. At the end of the day, it is a numbers game, and, and he's been and he's been playing well lately. And, and the last week or so, he's been tremendous. One, he's won four out of the six in a row that they've won going into Wednesday, and unless DeBoer has some kind of weird epiphany and decides, you know what, I'm going to start the new guy on Wednesday in a in a the first of three crucial matchups against the team that's trailing us in the Pacific Division, which he might. He, he might. I mean, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. But, I mean, you look at this final stretch, and you have two – you only have two back-to-back, so you don't have to worry really about Flurry getting his rest. You can you can easily alternate between the two in the final – in the back-to-back. Right, in these back-to-backs. Now, sometimes with Flurry, it was he would yeah. play them both. Now, there's there's no reason, yeah, right, when you have a backup like Lanner. Right, you're traveling Calgary to Edmonton in one, and then Dallas, Arizona in the other one. For, oh, you're traveling from here against Dallas and then Arizona the next right. night. Easy, that, easy back Right. But you got 11 division games mm-hmm. in this final stretch. So then playing, I think it's Edmonton three times, Vancouver two more times, I mean, and Calgary two more times. It, it's an entirely – I thought this stretch of homestand was a murderer's row. That might be a murderer's row if you want them to win the division <laughs> at this rate. But, I mean, can you afford to split that up then? I mean, it's divisional games. Leonard hasn't had any experience in the Pacific Division. I don't know if that really matters, but, I mean, can – can DeBoer really afford to kind of shake things up? I guess shake things oh. up would be the considerable word to use. McCrimmon had mentioned it, and I thought it was kind of an interesting point that, as you said, like, Leonard, division game, does it really matter? I, I'm not quite sure that it does. Like, Leonard played two very different... St- uh, in, mm, Leonard played behind <laughs> two very different styles his last two yeah. seasons, right? Like, New York, very defensive team. They suppress a lot of shots. Chicago, wide open, which leads to the, what was it, 313 GAA with a 918. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it is, yeah. So, you know, a goal. it's not like a quarterback needs to come in and learn the entire offense and has to change his entire game. I mean, a goalie... Stops pucks, and that's yeah. very reductive of me. But you know, it's you want to know where your defense is going to be in front of you, of course. But I feel like it's easier for Leonard to come in and play the way that he's been playing this season than it would be for you know maybe somebody trying to acute, uh, you know get a new defensive partner or or um, or a new forward line or something like that. So I'm not too worried. I, I think Leonard could play on Wednesday for the Golden Knights. I don't think that's much of a worry. You know, Flurry hasn't played since, I guess, now Saturday, so he will have had three days off. I'll bet Flurry starts, but yeah. I'll bet Leonard starts on Friday against who? Uh, Buffalo, yeah, his there, old team. There you go. All <laughs> right, that, that's really all the motivation you need. Uh, so he, it's just crazy to me that they move Cody Eakin in a, a deal that I didn't think was at all possible. Yeah, kudos on that. Did trade, not man. think that – I thought that was probably the best trade McCrimmon made <laughs> <laughs> until we got to Leonard was that they moved on from Eakin's contract, somehow cleared the cap space, and we're all thinking, oh, it's either going to be Barry or Gustafson. And it ended up being neither. And they also used, like, spare cap space to get Nick Cousins, who uh, I think could be pretty serviceable, especially if Alex Tuck yeah, is out long. Good depth forward. Yeah, depth I, forward. I like that trade too. Yeah. So here, here's the burning question. Oh, say, let, let's just say 
Vegas decides, you know what, we're going to go full we're going to go full Islanders with Grice and Varlamov. We're just going to get these two locked up. They're going to alternate starts, 41 apiece. And you got to sign Flurry or you keep Flurry at the 7 million. You sign um what's his name? Leonard to the <laughs> to the 6 million. I already forgetting his name. He hasn't even been here yet. One, would you do that? Two, who goes to make sure you have enough cap space to one, fill out a serviceable roster, and two, well, make that happen? That's the issue. Is I don't, I don't necessarily think you can, and I don't think yeah. it would be. I don't think it would be smart to like the one A one B situation. It works when you know who the true number one is. Like nobody thinks that Yaroslav Halak is starting playoff games over, over Tukarask yeah. or Ant- Anton Kadobin over Ben Bishop. And what makes those work is that the starter is making a good amount of money. You know, Tuka makes seven million dollars. Halak doesn't make that much, so it's 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 easier in that situation. But I'll play along with the premise. Let's say that they are able to sign both of them, which I, I'm not sure is a smart idea. I but you would have to clear some cap space. And that might be a four Riley Smith, Jonathan Marcheseau, Alex Tuck, Alex Tuck. I mean, those guys are all making four or five million dollars. That's probably the difference in cap space you'd need. And would it, at that point, be worth it to have two goalies if you're losing a one of your forwards like that? So, don't know. It, that's what I'm saying. I would it. say probably. I would say probably not personally. Yeah. But I think it's. I I, I feel like it's going to come down to Flurry and Leonard and. Think that they're going to choose Flurry, but I'm not 100 percent sold that that's the right decision. I mean, I mean let's put and I, and I put it this way: you win the cup, and if there's a if there's a parade down Las Vegas Boulevard come June, we're not having this discussion. I mean, and they win wanna, the cup, and it's a lot easier to let Leonard walk, and yeah, then yes. you, and then you can just keep Flurry, and yeah, you're right. And then yeah. who who cares? Right? But but they're I mean th- but I mean this move in in hindsight is saying. We believe in this core. We believe in the players that we have here. Yes. We didn't need to go out and get another defenseman. We believe in the likes of White Cloud and Haig to come up from the minors to play. We believe in Cody Glass, if he stays healthy, to eventually be on this roster. This is the move that screams cup or bust, basically. And, and I, don't yeah. think, I don't think the stone move was necessarily cup or bust. It put them in contention, but... To go to this where you could definitely complicate your goaltending situation going forward, I think if you don't win, it's going to look a whole lot more ugly. But if you win, like you said, you can afford to keep let Leonard walk. Flurry gets paid. He gets his fourth ring, and you know he gets paraded like the king he is in Las Vegas. Yeah. So there's a lot of complications to it. There's, there's definitely a lot going on. The summer's going to be fascinating. Oh, God. Because well, they're going to have to make a decision, and one way or another, it's going to be a big, big decision. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, it's 530. It's time for us to eat dinner. Dinner time. <laughs> dinner time. But thanks for hopping on. Anytime, man. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you at some point, probably tomorrow. Read my column in the Las Vegas Sun tomorrow morning. Go. Yep, there you go. And follow me at J15Emerson on Twitter. So thanks, bud. You got it. Yeah.